loved ones. God's word for his people today is from the book of Haggai in our first lesson. Give careful thought to your ways. Go up into the mountains and bring down timber and build my house so that I may take pleasure in it and be honored, says the Lord. When we are young, there is something in us that expects at least someday that everything will make sense. Maybe you heard enough time from your parents when you were a kid and things didn't work out the way you want. Oh, you'll understand someday. Or maybe we just become too accustomed to Google being able to answer just about any question we type in before we even finish typing in the question. But there's something that that makes us think that there's going to be some big rule or law of nature that that we can't make sense of things. If we just find the key to that, if we just understand what that is, we'll be able to make sense out of everything. But as we get older, we realize it's probably not going to happen. And I'll prove it to you. I'll bet the older you are, the faster you can finish the following thoughts. She came from such a good Christian family. She went to Zion School. She even went to Lakeside. It just doesn't make any sense that. They were married for 30 years. They were so much fun to be around. They always seemed happy. It just doesn't make any sense that. He took such good care of himself. He certainly exercised a lot more than I did. It doesn't make any sense that... Well, it's nice when life makes sense to us. The more we live it, the more we realize it's just not going to, and that God never guaranteed that it would. In fact, just the opposite. God tells us that the Christian life isn't about what making sense of everything. The Christian life is about a life devoted to Him, whether it makes sense or not. And so as we we start out our our series, this 10 for 10, on Christian stewardship, the first thing we need to keep in mind is the thoughts of a prophet named Haggai who lived about 500 years before Jesus. And it's this, that this part of the Christian life, this giving, giving to God, does not make sense. There was a lot that did not make sense to the people of Haggai's day. But while the people that he served as their prophet, their their pastor figure, lived in Jerusalem, they weren't born there. Their parents had been born there, but before the people that Haggai served were born, an army had come in from north of Israel and overrun them and took them away as little bit better than prisoners of war. Took them away, they they were able to live and work and build businesses and homes, but far away from home. Home had been destroyed. 
And it was their fault, too. God had given not only them, but generations before them, warning after warning after warning, if you fall far enough away from me, if you continue to worship idols, that's it. You're going to be deported. And they were for 70 years. But then 70 years later, the next generation, as God promised, was able to come back and rebuild. And that's what they were doing when Haggai was their prophet. They went back and, and what they found was, would have been ghost towns. Even if their parents had told them exactly where their old home was, they would have found nothing but a pile of rocks. And the place where everybody used to worship, their national church, their temple, where thousands of people came to sing and to sacrifice and to pray and to praise, they found thousands and thousands of weeds. So they got to work. With excitement, they, they, they built the walls of Jerusalem. At the same time, they started to pour the foundations of a new temple. But you know how projects go. Exciting at first, but then the excuses start to come. And it got very, very easy for them to, to make excuses not to volunteer their, their offerings, not to volunteer their time to work on the temple and to, to build it and to finish it off. Now it's just not the right time. Or, or, well, once we get settled in and we get our finances in order, then we'll be able to give. Or the one that Haggai addressed was, well, I have my own home to think about, maybe later. But later never came. Fifteen years and little more was done than the footings and the foundation of the new temple. And this is where Haggai's preaching came in. He says this, Give careful thought to your ways. Is it a time for you yourselves to live in your paneled houses while this house is in ruins? In other words, you are choosing to make your temporary earthly blessings, yes, from God's hand, but you are choosing to make your temporary earthly blessings more important than the spiritual blessings that God gives you. The way that your house looks, your interior decorating, is more important than your faith, than your forgiveness, than the message that God gives us in the gospel. You are treating God like you treat your broom and your dustpan. Well, something that I need, but something I keep tucked away until there's a mess. Oh, am I having a hard time? Am I sick? Well, okay, well, then I better pull him out so that I can pray, and I'll, I'll bank on his promises to pray then. Oh, are my bills more than my income? Oh, well, then I need to, to come out, and, and out comes that promise, oh, God will provide. Oh, did I not only really mess up, but I got caught by somebody, and I'm really feeling guilty? Oh, well, God forgives. Is that honoring God? It wasn't. Is it a sin to be rich or to have any type of money or any amount of money? No, it's not. But it is a sin to fail to honor God first with it. And we honor God by making our offerings the first financial decision we make when our income comes in. Give careful thought to your ways, Haggai said. You have planted much but harvested little. 
In other words, have you noticed your crops aren't growing? Guess what? That's God. God used a miracle in Haggai's day to, to, as a visual aid to make the point that he always makes to us that he is the one who is the source of all of our material blessings. And just in case Haggai's people weren't getting the point, they were planting and nothing was growing. Remember, it's God who gives you everything that you have. And we can run into that same kind of attitude in our hearts when we expect this full-service ministry and all the blessings that we have in our church and school. But the first priority in our lives is the paneling on our own houses. We received a vibrant Christian ministry by the sacrifice and blessing of God, but the sacrifice of generations before us. Are we willing to prioritize our ministry here, the way that generations before us had so that our children and our grandchildren can enjoy it the way we do? Give careful thought to your ways, Haggai says. Go up into the hills and bring down lumber and build the house, and then I will be pleased with it and be glorified. In other words, God knows it doesn't make sense to give yourselves first to Him, including your time and your offerings. But that's how it works with Him. If everything about God made sense, you would not be saved. It makes no sense for the God who created and runs the universe not to just start over with this world, just eliminate this beautiful, perfect world that he made when we ruined it and start over and say, I'll give someone else another shot. It makes no sense for a God who gives us chance after chance after chance to honor him and do what is right See us choose to do what is wrong and not send us to hell. It makes no sense for a just God to see our sin and say, how about I take the brunt of that? If that's what happened. It makes no sense at all that God over all can have a human body, much less that he did. It makes no sense that from conception to his death, any man can put up with all of the subtle and strong and needling temptations that come at us and, and not only put up with them, but, but turn them down. Much less that he did. It makes no sense that the Son of God could die or come back to life. And yet that is what he did. It makes no sense that anyone would love you or me that much. And yet that is what Jesus does. So isn't it appropriate then that Christians respond to God in a way that doesn't make sense? Here's a challenge for all of us. I want you to sit down this week with your with your checkbook or your bank statement or your credit card statement or however you do it. And just put down your pencil, keep your fingers off your keyboard, and go over each line of what you spent with your hands folded. And pray. Ask God to reveal to you with, with every line that you look at whether or not the way that you're spending what he's given you pleases him whether or not the way that you're spending your money makes him your first priority. 
No one's going to ask you to, to mark it up and, and hand in your worksheet or anything like that. This is just between you and God. But see what happens when your first priority is glorifying Him. Amen.